I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. episode 260 of real life ghost stories and i have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from january the 24th 2023 and story number one comes from debbie i haven't got paranormal abilities but i am sensitive to the mood of people or a place some places give me the heebie-jeebies but i don't know why my first bona fide experience happened 20 years back i was living with my partner now my husband and he had lost a special watch that I had bought for him. We turned the flat upside down and it was simply gone. Six months later, I was sitting in the living room in an armchair watching TV with him. I felt something fall on my leg. I honestly thought it was the TV remote, so I didn't even look. When I did look, I noticed it was my partner's watch, just sitting there, as if it had simply fallen off the arm of the chair. My partner was so convinced I had had the watch all along, he went in a mood with me. Other than falling from the ceiling, I don't know where it came from. And it's okay, he did apologise later. Two years ago, a couple of weird instances happened. I was just in bed when I heard footsteps in the hall and could see in my mind's eye a man walking down the hall to the toilet. Thinking it was my husband, I thought nothing of it. Until I heard nothing going back to the living room. I got up and asked if he was okay and he hadn't moved. Then, a few days later, in the middle of the day, I was in the ladies with the door open. We live with two kitties, so there is no such thing as a closed door. I was just looking at the front door thinking it needed to be cleaned and I saw my hubby walk from the living room to the spare room. He is a nosy soul and was on the gossip trail, so I wasn't surprised that he never came back out. I finished and left the bathroom and went to where he was to find out what he was up to and the room was empty. There is one way in and out, so he couldn't have left without me seeing him. Then the clincher for me. I turned from the spare room and was going into the living room and he was coming towards me. He had been outside the entire time. I honestly think I saw his doppelganger. It still creeps me out to this day. There have been other things that have happened periodically, but they could potentially be explained. Recently though, something happened which cannot. Christmas Eve, I was in our new flat tidying up for my hubby to get back from work. We have a set of battery-operated candles in the living room and turn them upside down to indicate they need batteries and to be switched on. I had added the batteries and switched them on and then left to go and get him. It was perfect. After we got back and were about to get settled to watch TV, he noticed that one was off. It was sitting upright and had enough charge. He noticed it had been switched to the off position. Who did this, I'll never know. It wasn't the other half playing a trick as I was in the room with him. It wasn't our kitties as they would need to find a tiny hidden switch. 
Perhaps we had a visitor to wish us a Merry Christmas. Debbie, I adored that first story with every fibre of my being. When you lose something really significant, like it is such a difficult thing and I can just imagine you guys spending all that time turning the place upside down looking for it and thinking, how could it be gone? You know, this is a special watch. I wear it all the time or I only wear it on special occasions. I remember the last time I wore it. Where could it have gone? Where did it go? And how is it falling from the sky, falling from nowhere into your lap? If you had said I was sitting on the sofa and I just put my hand down the sofa and there it was, you'd be like, okay, that wasn't paranormal. Maybe you just missed it the first time around. How how would it just have fallen into your lap if you were sitting on the sofa? Where where would it have fallen from? I will also say that this story gives me great hope. Um, because in November last year, whenever I was moving house, I inexplicably lost my wedding ring and two pieces of two gold chains that I wear every single day or that I used to wear every single day. I have no idea how I could have lost them. have never been able to find them again have turned my house upside down and inside out. So if if you're listening to this and you want to say a prayer to St. Anthony or whoever it is that you believe in or whoever it is that sucks, you know, jewellery and stuff into the void and then deposits them back on your knee from midair when you're watching TV, uh, if you could if you could try and put all the good vibes out there that that happens to me, that'd be great. Thank you. I don't really know what to tell you about your doppelganger husband, though. That bit of the story I'm not kind of OK with. Very, very strange. I'm still no closer to truly understanding how these doppelganger situations happen, what they even are, how do they happen. Is it just an echo in time or is it just a completely different entity that is masquerading as your husband? I don't know. And story number two comes from Brenda. My mother had several encounters with the paranormal and my three sons have had them also. I have great stories to tell about all of them. And I personally lived in two houses with ghosts. The first was when I was eight years old. We moved to Benton, Alabama for my dad's work and we rented a beautiful home that was extremely cheap. We had no idea that there was a reason for this. The house was known in this community for being haunted. It was built by a wealthy, influential family for their son who died before he could move in. They had gambling parties there and it was rumoured that someone appeared at one of their parties and was never seen again. We, of course, knew none of this and the house was about 10 years old when we rented it. Almost immediately, doors started to open and slam shut in front of our eyes. This was in the early 70s and my brother had a huge stereo and he would plug it in to listen to his music while he worked and it would somehow unplug. He would go plug it back in and again over and over it would be unplugged. We only lived there nine months. At first, there was just this pervasive feeling of being watched. If any of us was in the house alone, we would just pile up on the couch in a blanket and watch TV and pray that it would be quiet. It usually wasn't. One day we got up and the den had this awful smell like that of a dead thing. There was nothing there. My mother had my eldest brother go under the house and look and there was nothing. It took about three days for the smell to leave. She called an exterminator who came and said we had no issues there. Slowly things escalated. My mother had a washing machine that had the old pull-out knob to turn it on. You could stand there and watch it put itself out and turn on the washer. The washing machine repairman said there was nothing wrong with the machine. He thought she was crazy. At least once a day the machine came on by itself. We were away from home one day and my brother was mowing the grass. A lady came up 
and said she was the author of 13 Alabama Ghosts. It was a pretty popular book at the time. She asked my brother David if we'd experienced anything paranormal in the house. He told her about all our happenings. She said that she had lived there when it was three months old and said that she and her husband could rarely leave the house without furniture being moved around. They would lock the house and still when they returned the furniture was in a different place. We began to see that the mischievous nature of whatever inhabited this house was changing. It now felt evil and threatening. One day my mother and I were sitting in the den and a glass bowl she had on the coffee table lifted in front of us and shattered so hard that it was almost nothing but tiny shreds of glass. It had been thrown extremely hard. And then my brother figured out there was a secret room that we could not access in the house. There was a large pantry off the kitchen and next to the utility room where the washing machine kept coming on all of the time. My mother was spring cleaning and she removed canned goods from the shelves in the pantry and David was helping her. They realised that behind the shelving was a door and the door was sealed with padlocks and cement all the way around the opening. David sat down and drew a map of the house where all the rooms were. There was a space unaccounted for between the living room and the utility room and pantry. Now we thought about the story of the man who disappeared there during the gambling party. Was he in that room? My mother called our landlady and inquired about the room. She denied there was anything there and forbid us to open the room. We knew that what was in our house was bad and that it was something in that space, so we left. Brenda, this sounds like your quintessential haunted house story. You know, you move in, there's a bit of a history to the house with gambling parties and someone went to a party and disappeared. And the thing about gambling parties is that If you're big in the world of gambling, things can go sour really quickly. And if you're big in like underworld gambling, as far as I know, when things go sour, they go really sour. So it wouldn't surprise me if if that part of the story is true, like if it is true, that it had something to do with gambling and something untoward happened to that man and he didn't actually disappear. Something else happened to him. That part of the story, yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be terribly surprised. And it is amazing in these stories the way things start out really small. Like doors opening and closing is scary, but you can always explain it away. You know, you could be like, oh, it's a draft or whatever. Even if you don't believe that in your soul, you could explain it away. Your brother's stereo being unplugged, you know, you could make light of it and be like, they just don't like your taste of music. That's all it is. But like smelling dead things and the smell of death is a really particular smell and it is not a pleasant smell and to ring everybody like exterminators whoever whatever and everybody's like actually you don't you don't have any problems or oh, that that would freak me out and the washing machine is one of those appliances in your household that you know when you've turned it on it's not like your tv or lights or whatever where you could be like oh did I turn that on and not realize you know when you've put your washing machine on and if a woman came up to me when I was in my garden and was like I wrote this uh, book about ghosts and I lived in your house and really scary things happened. And I don't know if I have copied the story out wrong, but I know that the bit in the story says she said that she lived lived there when it was three months old. I wondered if if I copied this out wrong and it was a baby that she'd had that was three months old because I don't think she lived in the house itself when it was three months old. But anyway, she said that the, the furniture was being moved around and stuff would be in different places. Oh, 
Is it a case that the more you start to notice these things, that the more you give it attention, the more energy you give it and therefore it takes on a different feel, like it becomes more threatening rather than mischievous? Like the washing machine is one thing, but, you know, the glass bowl on the coffee table lifting up and shattering is pretty crazy. And then finding a secret room. My toxic trait is that I would not be able to rest until I opened up that secret room. And if I rang the landlady and she was like, yeah, no, there's no room, but don't ever go in there. I'd be like, well, now I'm 1000% going to go into the secret room. I am that that person from the horror films. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And story number three comes from Callie. I don't think I've ever seen a ghost myself, but I've had my fair share of experiences that I cannot explain. And the more I listen to other people's stories, the more I think that I might actually have something worth sharing. My sister and I both think that my house is slightly haunted, but my parents, who are both believers in all things paranormal, do not. We moved around Massachusetts for a bit when I was younger, but the house we live in now is where I start to notice things. The first thing I remember noticing is when my first cat, Jack, died in 2009. That night, my sister and I slept in my parents' bed, since this was our first lost pet. I remember waking up to the feeling of a cat jumping on the bed and snuggling next to my leg. Naturally, I thought it was any of my three remaining cats and reached out to pet them. There was no cat there. The next night, and the next two after that, I had dreams that Jack had come back to life and jumped up on my bed to hang out with me. I've since had dreams like that about all of my lost cats. When we lost Eldon, Taxi, Margot and Toulouse, we've had lots of cats, I had several consecutive dreams that they had come back to life and visited me. I am lucky to be 22 and have no losses in my family thus far, so after hearing visitation dream stories from this podcast, I believe my dreams to be those. Moving on to more physical experiences, I have a few interesting moments to share. My sister and I shared a room from when I was four to when I turned 17. We've stayed in two different rooms in the house, a spare bedroom, which is the one I have now, and the master bedroom, now my sister's. I have very different experiences in both rooms. In the room I'm in now, I constantly hear creaky noises in the right corner of my room. My floor is wooden and creaks when you walk on it. I know wood creaks when it expands, but I can't help but wonder. My current boyfriend, who is most definitely sensitive, he often sees full-body apparitions, hears voices and sees shadow figures and could fill up a 30-minute mini-episode with his stories, told me he felt like someone was watching from the right corner of the room the first time he stayed. 
When I was about eight, I started getting these dreams that I now call Inception Dreams because of another story on the podcast. I do not know I am dreaming because I wake up in my dream in my bed, with my room looking exactly as it is, except there is always something frightening happening. I usually will see shadow figures in my Inception Dreams that freak me out, but when I wake up from my dream, I am still dreaming. I just don't know it. I end up going through cycles of two or three dreams within a dream before I really wake up. I always stay awake for a while and go on my phone after that because I'm freaked out. The odd thing is, I've only ever had these dreams in the room I'm currently in. My sister and I briefly slept in the room she is in now from 2013 to 2017. I've never had an inception dream in that room. In all four years of college, I never had an inception dream in my dorm or my apartment. I only ever have them in the room I'm in now. The story I heard here, the person mentioned that once they realised they were dreaming, they could wake up by rolling their eyes to the back of their head. I tried that in the last dream I had and it worked. It was nearly impossible to stay awake though. Seems like my inception cycle was not through. Now on to our experiences in the other bedroom. The first thing I remember being odd was that my cat Missy, who was still alive, would run around the room meowing at the walls. There could very well have been a mouse in there, but who knows. I also remember sometimes being at my dresser and hearing a very loud thump from right behind me, in the middle of the room. There was no furniture, no animals running around and I was completely alone. It also didn't sound like the typical creaks of a house. This happened once or twice. I was downstairs once home alone during the period of living in that room and walked into the kitchen when I almost tripped over something. I felt like I had hit something tall, like an animal with my shins. At the time, we had three cats and a dog. I looked around for them thinking that I had just ran a cat over, and there were none in sight. By far, the most terrifying thing to happen in the upstairs room, though, happened around 2014. My grandmother was staying over, and my parents were not home for the weekend. My sister and I were in our beds talking at around 10pm. This room has a walk-in closet with a creepy door in the back of the closet and an attic. The room is also carpeted and to open the door you have to physically pull it open since it drags on the carpet a bit. It's very creaky which is why my sister and I both noticed when it slowly creeped open. By itself. We waited for a few seconds probably to see what cat was in there when we noticed that there was no cause for the door to open. We screamed and hightailed it out of there to my grandmother's room. My mom tried to explain it by saying there could have been a pressure change from the smaller door or attic inside the closet that caused it to open, but the door opened way too wide for that to be the case. Since then, my sister has noticed a few things happening to her that have been strange. She woke up to all of her school binders that have previously been stacked up on her desk on the floor, standing upright, and open, like an open book if you propped it up. Just the other day, she heard about 30 seconds of heavy breathing, I have no idea if any of this stuff is paranormal, but nonetheless, it's weird. Yesterday, my dad ordered two EMF detectors, which I do not want in my house. I am perfectly fine not knowing if there is a ghost or a ghost cat running around my house, causing the closet to open and the floors to creak. Callie, you know how I feel about a ghost cat. I love a ghost cat. I don't love the fact that you lost your cats. But that is the the inevitable devastation of being a pet owner is that someday that pet is no longer going to be there 
and that is incredibly hard. I also want to ask, is your cat called Toulouse after Toulouse from Moulin Rouge? I also know that Toulouse was historically a real person, but he is also a character in Moulin Rouge, which is my favourite film. So is that why you named your cat Toulouse? I'm dying to know. It's weird how we get so many stories where a certain bedroom causes people to have certain dreams and they never have those dreams anywhere else except in that room. Like I've heard of so many people or so many people have, have written into the podcast to say that they have sleep paralysis, for example, in one certain room and never anywhere else. And Callie is having inception dreams, which sound absolutely traumatising, by the way, I hate the sound of them, in that one room and nowhere else. Like what what could cause that? Could it honestly be as simple as some sort of infrasound in the room that is infiltrating your dream state? Could that be it? And stories as well where somebody physically walks into something that isn't there, as in, you know, this this bit where Callie thought that she walked into a cat or her dog, and the, but there was nothing there. They 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 really give me the ick because walking into something is a very physical feeling. It's not seeing something out of the corner of your eye or thinking you heard something. You are physically feeling a physical body and then it isn't there. My feeling is, based on all of these things that have been happening, like doors opening and the sound of thump behind you and all of those things, like the binders being put onto the floor somehow, I'm going to say it's it's all ghost cat related because that's that's not a terrifying thought you know ghost cat related we can deal with and to give you my very personal opinion I'm not sure if EMF detectors are any indication of the paranormal so I wouldn't be worried about them what I would be doing is getting a voice recorder and leaving that bad boy running overnight and see see what see what comes out then Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Debbie, Brenda and Callie for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from January the 24th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 